0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Unbashful. Of course, I'm your host, Nicholas Doucette. I want to thank you for stopping by here today. We got a pretty exciting episode. We got The Last of Us to talk about. We got Adam Driver and the Fantastic Four. Apparently, he's the leading candidate to play Reed Richards. Uh, And a lot of of other cool stuff, too. And Netflix just dropped their 2023 preview. So I'm going to talk about... Out of all the films that they show, to which ones I'm excited for. And then we have a Michael Jackson biopic being directed by Antoine Foucault. And then we got the Ant-Man Quantumania trailer. So stick around, grab a snag, get a drink. It's going to be a fun one. And uh, let's just jump right into the first bit of news. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is The Last of Us pilot. It just dropped on HBO. If you're in Canada, that would be Crave. And this isn't really news. I'm just going to kind of give you my thoughts and uh, i've played both games i think the second one's better now it doesn't take away from the first game the first game obviously laid the groundwork so that game is fantastic and i was really excited coming into the show for a few reasons number one it's it was it's an hbo max original hbo has a very very good history when it comes to their television shows obviously the sopranos obviously game of thrones uh and so many others so house of the dragon i didn't watch that from last year I haven't even seen Game of Thrones. I, I know a lot of people are shocked when they tell them that, but nonetheless, they have, and not even just in television and film as well. They make a lot of really good original films. Um, so that first and foremost, like if this was like a Netflix series, I would have still checked it out, but I wouldn't have been as excited as I was. And then the second thing that really got me on board was uh, the showrunner and... Uh, I believe the director, I think, he, I think he directed the first episode, was Craig Mazin. So if for those of you who are like, Craig who? Uh, Craig Mazin was the guy who produced and was the showrunner for the Chernobyl, another HBO limited series. And to me, that's one of the best limited series I've ever seen. It, it documents the whole events of what happened with Chernobyl and the power plant and, and the meltdown and everything like that. That show was incredible. So once I heard that he was on board... He might even be a writer but th- that could be wrong but I know he directed this episode might even direct another uh and and he's kind of producing the whole thing as well along with Neil Druckmann which is another thing that excited me uh Neil Druckmann is basically uh the guy who created The Last of Us he 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 created he made the, he wrote the story for both games and he's sort of like the lead game designer now if it was just his name alone uh cuz it, it's not unusual for video game adaptation to have the creator of the video game be involved in some kind of production capacity. So that's not anything uh, new. So if, if it was just Neil Druckmann's name itself, once again, I still probably wouldn't have been that excited. But to know that they have established filmmakers and producers on board for hit TV shows and hit movies and stuff like that, that to me really intrigues me. So out it, the way let me just give you my thoughts on the episode itself. I thought they were very faithful to the to the events that took place in the first game. Now I'm going to talk spoilers because when this episode comes out, it it, it would have already been like a week since the show since the show debuted. So they were very faithful to the game. They showed, uh, they 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 show Joel. In, in in his life, briefly before the outbreak, we see Tommy, we see Joel and his daughter, and we all knew that were, we were going to get that inevitable scene where they're trying to flee from, uh, from their from their town, and they come across the military. Uh, they come across a soldier who's been told via whatever. Uh, he he got commands to basically kill them because they he suspected that they were infected, and uh, we see the scene when his daughter dies. I'm not gonna lie, I don't think um that scene was as powerful as it was in the game. I actually cried when that scene happened in the game. Uh, but let me talk about Pedro Pascal as Joel. First of all, perfect casting. I think he looks like Joel. Uh, he's got the dialect. He's got the voice. Um, his brother Tommy as well, the actor playing him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Gabriel, I think it's Gabriel... Gabriel Luna great job as well doesn't really look like Tommy per se but he, he he has the the movement he has the he has the the charisma and he has the voice as well he's got that sort of southern accent and so does uh Pedro Pascal uh, but Pedro Pascal he he's got that presence that Joel has in the game and I'm really curious because this is confirmed as well uh who's the voice actor um Troy Baker who did the voice of Joel in both games and I can't remember the actress, uh, the, the name of the voice actress who voiced Ellie, but both of them will be in this show In uh, as to what capacity. I imagine probably a, a, a small role. I don't think they're going to be... Uh, I mean, I, I I can't even think of who they'd be playing. Uh, it wouldn't really make sense for them to play any, other, any of the main stars. So I imagine it'll probably be like a cameo. I could see them being characters that weren't in the game. Uh, Maybe in like an episode or two uh, and and serving to the story, but not in a extremely pivotal, you know, uh, pivotal circumstance. But yeah, so the beginning was cool. Like I said, the, the scene where his daughter died wasn't as powerful to me. But what I did like about the first, I'd say... 15-20 minutes of the episode because that's that's that was that was dedicated to showing life before the outbreak. I liked how they showed a lot more compared to the game. Like, for example, we see Joel's daughter in school. So we're and we're hearing about the radio or through the radio, we're hearing like almost like a live update. It starts off kind of small and minimal. And then throughout the day, we're seeing she's in school, and and we're hearing, you know, we're hearing helicopters go over, and we're hearing planes, and and we're, then you see the uh, the air force up in the sky. That was really cool. And the scene where they're running through the streets, and we see the plane crash, and we start to see the infected. That was really really cool as well. So no uh, no complaints uh, about the infected. Uh, we didn't really see, I don't, I don't think we saw clickers at all, uh, but we saw like a, a lot of the, um, a lot of like, I don't know how to how to say this, but a lot of the stuff you'd see in the game, like all the, the fungal on the wall, very accurate to the game. So I was happy to see that. So from a production standpoint, A plus, I think they nailed it. And right at the end of the episode, when we see Tess, Ellie and Joel wander outside of the, uh, of the FURTA. Um, or Fredro, uh, whatever, uh, whatever you, however you say it, um, that we see a glimpse of Boston and how dilapidated it is outside of those walls, and I think it looks perfect. So, yeah. So the beginning of the episode, I liked um, that one scene where Ellie or Joel's daughter is visiting their neighbor's house, and in a sort of behind her, in that shot out of focus, you see the grandma is beginning to become infected. Uh, that was pretty terrifying as well. I'm also glad this show has that TV mature rating. I could not have seen them doing the show, doing the game justice, doing this as like a as like a PG13 rated show. Uh, I'm not sure how the how, how the how the audience like uh, how, how the how the audience rating goes for, for shows. Um but yeah, so I'm glad they gave it that Uh, that rating so it can can go as grotesque as possible and it can go as violent as possible because we know that's how the game is. Um, And then as for the other supporting characters, like we see Marlene, I thought she was great. Uh, We see uh, Tess. They did something a little bit different with Tess. I don't, I believe that she wasn't a love interest of Joel in the the game. I think she was just more of like a close friend. Uh, Doesn't bother me at all, but so that was, once again, little liberties like that. It works for me though. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, the actress that they got to play her, her name is Anna Torv. She's really good. She was in mine Hunter, uh, and some other stuff as well. Um, so yeah, no problem with the main cast. I'm going to get the, uh, to, to Ellie in a second, but just to kind of like wrap up my thoughts, I know I'm kind of all over the place here, uh, Overall, they were very faithful to the story. I'm glad to see how they continue to build upon that. And I think it was a solid pilot. I'm hearing a lot of people say that it's like the best pilot of all time, or it's like the the best pilot since like the Sopranos or something like that. Uh, Or maybe the Sopranos was a bad example. But I'm just, I'm hearing a lot of like very, very high praise and like very, very high, very high bar. Uh, so to speak, I, I don't think it was the best pilot of all time, um, but I think it was a really nice beginning to this 10-episode arc that we're going to see, and I'm excited to see more. I'm, I'm I, I think these I think the show will actually get better. I mean, that's the goal. I think that I think the each episode will be better than than the last. Um, just to not to go on a side note, but I actually just started watching severance. I've had so many people tell me to, uh, to watch the show. A uh, one friend of mine specifically, uh, you know who you are. He has been telling me to watch severance for like over a year now. And I've, 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 I've seen the, uh, I've seen the conversation. I've seen the, the, uh, the praise for it. And obviously it won two Emmys I either won two Emmys or got nominated for two Emmys. I can't quite remember, um, But I started that, and I'll be honest, the pilot to that show, I think, was better uh, than this. Um, But not that it's... That doesn't really matter. But yeah, I'll talk about Severance another time once I'm actually done it. Because it's only nine episodes, so I'm on episode three now. I'll talk about that show in more detail when I finish it. But really strong start for that show as well. But um, yeah, overall, I I give it like an 8 out of 10. I thought it it was a solid pilot. Um, Not the best thing I've ever seen, but... Really, really good. No problem with the casting. Um, oh, actually, l- l- uh, let me uh, finish off with talking about Ellie. So, we don't see very much of her in this episode, which I—I I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was the intention. You want to really establish our main lead for for this for this season, which is going to be Joel. Uh, so that makes sense that we didn't see her very much. I'm not entirely sold on Bella Ramsey. Um, I, I know she's in Game of Thrones. But once again, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. And uh, I'm not really too familiar with her and in, and uh, in, uh, in her work, but uh, I I think I'll be more convinced with like I said the later episodes. But I mean, she had the the she had the trucker's mouth that Ellie had, that's for sure. But I think I'm gonna need to see a little bit more because we didn't really see her till later in the episode. And one thing I'm curious about, and I talked about this uh, with a friend of mine. We we uh, we saw Puss in Boots the other night, and I asked him because he's a big fan of the Last of Us franchise. I said, you know do you think that they're like that the second season is going to be the second game and i actually now that i'm thinking i can't really talk about this because it'll spoil but it, let, let me just say in the second game if you haven't played it um something pretty uh, something pretty crazy happens at the beginning of the game and it would be pretty bold to do that right on the second season, and so I'm speaking very vague because if I if I say what happens and you haven't played the game, it's 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 a pretty big spoiler. But my friend explained to me how if you really think about it, this show could span four or five seasons, especially that time between when uh, but between the second game and the first game, because Ellie ages up like a lot once we see her in the second game. She's like. I don't even know how, she, I think she's like in her 20s or something like that. Um, cause she's like a young teenager in the first game, but there's a lot of time that passed that we didn't see, obviously. So I think there's a lot of room for storytelling, but then that, once again, that would take a lot of uh, adaptation um, and, and, and a lot of liberties, but I think they could do it. So anyways, to make a long story short, cause I'm kind of all over the place here. I think it was a solid pilot and I'm excited to see more. And uh, Let me know what you guys think. Are you a fan of this? Have you played the game? Are you a fan of the game? Are you watching the show without that sort of frame of reference? Um, Let me know down in the comments below. Now let's move on to the next thing. We're going to talk about Adam Driver and the Fantastic Four news. Alrighty, so we got the Fantastic Four. Now this film has been in active development for years, uh, and I think it's gonna start shooting either at the end of this year or the beginning of 2024. But if it's slated for 2025, I could definitely see this film going into production uh, by the end of this year. Now, me personally, uh, I don't think that they have the cast uh, completely, but I do think they have Reed Richards, and that leads us into this uh, into this news we got here about Adam Driver. Now, over it's over the past, I'd say two years, we've heard so many names in the in the rumor mill, in the scooper mill of actors that are that are in final negotiations to play Reed Richards. We've heard I've heard some crazy ones. Obviously John Krasinski, but besides that, uh, the guy from Lucifer has been has been rumored to play. Penn Badgley from you. Uh, and I actually thought that was that was a pretty good pick, to be quite honest, especially if you want to cast Young. And have this actor be around for a three, four, five film franchise—that would make sense to me. Uh, you've had who else? Um, uh, the actor from Andor, uh, the Star Wars show. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but uh, his name has been in the in the in the rumor mill as well. I'm trying to think about who else. Um, yeah, the, the, there's there's been a lot. Oh, uh, the actor who plays Rick. Uh, in in the walking dead his name has gone has gone around on the rumor mill although i heard a while ago that he had joined the mcu for some kind of project and i think it came from like one of the big trades but who knows but so now we land on adam driver this is the next name that's being thrown around uh and is being thrown around by a lot of scoopers and a lot of leakers now i don't really like talk about the the scoops and the leaks very much but i pay attention to this kind of stuff i first of all i just find it you know, interesting. I'm, I'm I'm always interested to hear about, you know, the the casting process and the production process, but a lot of the big, reliable scoopers that have a very, very good credibility and, and they've leaked a lot of stuff, like I think Grace Randolph was one of the people that said, um, I think she said something along the lines of uh, Adam Driver is in line to play a stretchy role in the MCU. I mean, that's connect the dots. She's obviously referring to Reed Richards and she's been she's been uh, leaking a lot of stuff over the past couple of years that have, that have come true so now the reason why i'm making this a whole discussion about adam driver is because out of all the rumors and of all, out of all the names that've been thrown around i believe this and i got to say this would be my number one pick and it's funny because over a year ago I was sitting around with some friends and we were talking about this. We were talking about, you know, what are they going to do with the Fantastic Four? Who are they are going to cast as Dr. Doom, Reed, and, you know, so on. And this was before Adam Driver's name was even rumored or discussed. I just flat out said with, with, with no evidence, no nothing. I just said, I bet you any money. I, I, don't, I don't think I said any money. I, I, I said, I guarantee you, I bet you that Adam Driver will be Reed Richards. Watch, watch it happen. And like I said, it was, it wasn't being, as far as I know, it wasn't being discussed. It wasn't like a headline or anything like that. And most of my friends were like, nah, that's not going to happen. Like I would like to see him as Dr. Doom, which I wouldn't be against that as well. I think him playing Dr. Doom would be pretty cool casting, but I I don't know. I think if you look at Adam Driver, you know, he, he's done the big franchise IP with star Wars and he was the main villain of that. I mean, I think he'd probably want to take a dip in the sort of, in, in this side of the pond, you know, being a hero. Uh, and, and once again, I've talked to a lot of people about this now recently, uh, and they're not on board a lot. It's not even just my friends. I see a lot of people online aren't on board for Adam driver as Reed Richards. And I mean, look, everybody's entitled to their own, to their own opinion. But for me personally, I 100% see it. Uh, first of all, he's tall, he's long. Um, he's in really good shape. And he's a he's a fantastic actor. He's an amazing actor. Like Marriage Story, um, this always happens to me. Every time I'm naming an actor and I'm going through the things that they've done, I I know it off the top of my head. But for some reason, when I'm on the show here, it just I just can't come to my mind. Uh, yeah, he's obviously Star Wars, Marriage Story, which I think is probably his best performance. Uh, The Last of Duel, he was good in that. Um. Silence, Martin Scorsese, like he is an amazing actor Uh, and he has that presence about him. He's got that leading man presence and the actors, whoever it's going to be, they're going to need that because I think the Fantastic Four are going to be one of the cornerstone pieces of this multiverse saga, even though we're not seeing them till late in the game in the multiverse saga. I think when they come in, they're going to be that sort of like missing piece Uh, that that the Avengers are going to need to defeat Kang. So for me, I think, first of all, I believe this. I think out of all the names going around, I think this is probably likely, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning, this film is not as far as you think. This is going to be coming out, I think, in May of 2025. So that's about two and a half years from now. But the film still needs to shoot. They still need to finish the script i think they're probably done the script by now um and they got to obviously leave time for visual effects which which we all know is a huge part of marvel so for for us as an audience member we we're it feels like a long time because we're waiting over two years but for marvel themselves like they got to get the ball rolling so you know i said in the beginning i don't think they have the full cast but i think they might have some of them like they might have sue storm they might have ben Grimm. Uh, The thing. Um, They might have Doctor Doom. And I think now they. Well, now I just went through all. So they might have. Who knows? They might have all of them. But I do believe that this fantastic, this newest rumor about Adam Driver is true. And I got to say, this would be my number one pick. And to kind of go back to the one name everybody still talks about, John Krasinski, you know, it. If we find out tomorrow that he's Reed Richards, I would I would be happy, I I I would celebrate it. But he wouldn't be my number one pick. Adam Driver would be my number one pick. If you watch, um, and I think part of the reason why a lot of people can't see it is for two reasons. Obviously, Star Wars, um, the audience now recognize well some audience members recognize him as a villain. Um, that's why I encourage you to watch some of these other films like Marriage Story when he's playing a, a more relatable character, a good a good uh, person. He's in that new film White Noise, which I haven't watched yet. Um, so so, that, so that's one reason why I don't think a lot of people can see it. Number one or number two, uh, I think it's simply because of his hair. Um, we've never really seen him in short hair. And if you kind of use your imagination for a second, you picture him with that short, slick back, Pompadour cut with the gray sideburns. Um, I I I think it'll I think it'll look pretty comic book accurate, but you can't deny, like if you're not on board for it, if it's because you don't think he'll look the part, you know, so be it. That's your opinion, but you have to recognize this guy is a world-class actor. So Anyways, for me, I'm on board and I believe this the most out of all the other rumors. And I think while John Krasinski would be a a pretty good pick Uh, and, you know, he was okay in Multiverse of Madness, I don't think we saw enough of him. And Reed Richards is a pretty arrogant character in the comics because, I mean, dude's the smartest guy on earth. You know, I think I'd have a little arrogance as well if I was the smartest guy on the planet. And I didn't see that. You know, I I understand, you know, we only saw him for not even five minutes of screen time. Uh, But... Yeah, but anyways, I, I don't think John Krasinski is the is the only guy out there that can play this character and that can do it justice. I think Adam Driver is a better actor than John Krasinski. John Krasinski is a great actor. Don't get me wrong. He, he's I I'd actually say John Krasinski has a has a more promising career as a director because I think he's a world class director. Um, but I think Adam Driver is, in my opinion, I think he's a better actor than uh, the John Krasinski. And I think a lot of you would probably agree. A lot of you will also probably disagree. Um, and to me. I, I don't know, I, I I like I said, I'm using my imagination, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how he would look with that haircut, with the suit on, and to me, I just think it's, I just think it's perfect, but yeah, so let me know what you guys think down in the comments below, are you on board for Adam Driver, uh, and if you're not, let me know as well, so let's move on to the next topic of discussion, that's going to be about Netflix. So, Netflix just dropped their little uh, 2023 preview, um, of course, there's going to be tons of movies that they're that they're going to be dropping this year but they sort of showcase the ones that I guess that they're the most confident in and uh, some of them look pretty appealing some of them I have zero interest in but let's just run through the ones that they uh, that they showed here Uh, actually I think I got it on my phone and it was pretty similar to last year they did the same thing they had a trailer um, and it was just showing like 10 seconds or so from each film and then they gave like 15 seconds for like their their highlights um so this year in this trailer uh, they showed you people your place or mine luther the fallen son murder mystery 2 the mother extraction 2 they clone tyrone heart of stone lift damsel pain hustlers the killer a family affair leo leaving the world behind and rebel moon so yeah um it, I, i've talked about netflix before I think they very much prioritize their library and the volume of content they have in the library. So, quality over or quantity over quality seems to be their uh, their business strategy right now. And I'm just not a fan of that. Uh, I just think it, it just it just results in a lot of mediocre content, and then through through that, like one in every twenty, there will be like a like a really good uh, really good film that, you know, was like, like the Irishman or uh, marriage story, a film like that. And obviously like Netflix has, they've had some Academy awards, they've had some Academy recognition, but for every really good Netflix film, there was like 20 or 30, just, just kind of meh movies in between, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the, the movies that I'm not really going to talk about on this list are, uh, Well, here, instead of talking about the movies I'm not going to focus on, I'm just going to give you my three most anticipated. Uh, So, starting at number three, we got Extraction 2. Uh, Extraction 2 is a pretty surface-level story. It's quite literally an extraction. We're seeing a high-skilled soldier uh, go in and rescue a target. Pretty much the same thing we're probably going to see here. Uh, Now, this trailer seems to show that we're going to be in the snow we're going to be uh maybe back in the middle east again it could be a it could be a globe trotting adventure um, but i was a big fan of it and it's it's just it's just like Sean Chandler puts it best i call them popcorn movies but he calls them taco bell movies and i actually think i prefer that analogy uh it's it's just very much easy consumption you just you get in you get out you turn your brain off you're not looking for this shakespearean thought provoking uh, Piece that's gonna reinvent the wheel. Uh it's just a fun action movie, and I was pleasantly surprised with this. I, I I'm pretty sure that this is another kind of David Leach director, a guy that has worked in the stunt industry. I think he was a, i think he was a second unit director, the director of the extraction film. Uh and for those of you who don't know, a second unit director is pretty much like the the second unit team is like all the stunt stuff. So uh he's worked in the stunt industry. I think he was a stunt man as well. Uh, And now, of course, he's coming back to direct Extraction. And I think he actually directed the stunt work in the John Wick, at least the first John Wick film, but I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, Extraction 2, pretty excited for that. Next up, Rebel Moon. Uh, I'm a really big Zack Snyder fan. I'm not a Zack Snyder cultist like some some people are with the whole Snyderverse and stuff like that. But I'm a big fan of his films. Uh, I think my favorite of his is still probably Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I love that film. It's a classic, which is also written by James Gunn. Uh, It's funny. I still haven't seen his last film, Army of the Dead. I think I've seen like the first 20 minutes, but he very much has a style to his films. Uh, A lot of shots out of focus, um, spectacle, great action. And I'm a fan of that. It's, it's, it's an acquired taste, but uh, I, I wouldn't even say it's an acquired taste. I think the majority of people enjoy Sna- Zack Snyder's work. And you know what? For for what it is, I actually enjoy Sucker Punch. A lot of people point to that as probably his worst film. It's like a guilty pleasure my. It's kind of like Spider-Man 3. A lot of people say it's the worst out of the Raby trilogy, which I'd probably agree with. But for me, Spider-Man 3 came out when I was seven years old and I have... It's it's nostalgic to me, so it's a guilty pleasure. I I can point out and I can understand its flaws, and yeah, that's pretty much how I feel with uh with Sucker Punch. It's it's a it's probably the most stylized Zack Snyder film there is, but I got a soft spot for it. So yeah, and not much is really known about this film, Rebel Moon. Uh, apparently. Zack Snyder initially pitched this film as a Star Wars movie to Lucasfilm, and they turned it down, so then he took it to Netflix, and I obviously he, from there he probably had to make some alterations to the script, so that that's not in that Star Wars world, but uh, the cast looks pretty good. I think I saw Charlie Hunnaman there, and then I saw the guy from Blood Diamond. I forget what his name is, um, and he's in other movies. He's in the Guardians film as well uh, in, uh, in a pretty minor role. He's that guy in the beginning who who attacks Star-Lord, and he's trying to, he's basically like the head guy working for the Kree Empire, working for Ronan, but yeah, so Rebel Moon looks pretty good, and my number one, if you watched my last episode, this should be pretty clear, is David Fincher's next film, The Killer. It seems that David Fincher has signed some kind of multi-picture deal with Netflix, so I think this is probably going to be the first of maybe a couple more Netflix films. Uh, I talked about last week how Mank is a film that uh, I think is kind of underrated in terms of david fincher's uh career it's certainly not his best film obviously but it's one of these movies that i've enjoyed it even more on each viewing uh i didn't really understand it that much because i hadn't seen citizen kane and i didn't really know who herman mankiewicz was but anyways I'm, I'm getting off track this film the killer is an adaptation of a graphic novel about a um sort of self uh it's it's about a it's about a I'm stuttering here. It's about a assassin who's at war with himself. He's having this internal warfare within himself. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some other things going on. But that's just the, the general baseline plot of what I've seen. And uh, it's got, uh, what's his name, in the lead role. Michael Fassbender, and I feel like we haven't seen Michael Fassbender in a movie in quite a bit, at least not to my recollection, but I'm excited for this. It seems like it's going to have some sort of espionage, thriller, uh, sort of neo-noir elements to it, and I'm looking forward to it. That's my number one, and that's in my top ten as well. If you watch, uh, check out my last video, my number seven out of the films, the top ten films that I'm most anticipated for this year, my number seven was The Killer, so... Yeah, uh, let me know what your most anticipated Netflix films are of this year down in the comments below. Now let's move on to this Michael Jackson biopic news that has me pretty curious. Alright, so we have another biopic at our hands coming very soon uh, and it's going to be about the life of Michael Jackson. So for me, uh, just to give you my personal uh, you know, thoughts on Michael Jackson himself, I didn't really grow up listening to his music. Um, I think I mean I was born in the year two thousand, so it was he was obviously still alive at that point. But I think it was it was it was a lot further on from from his peak, I guess, so to speak, from like Thriller and and stuff like that from the eighties. Uh, I mean, see, even that I could be wrong because I don't even really know when his peak would be because I just I'm not really a big fan of his uh, personally for me. But I obviously recognize that he's one of the biggest icons of all time, uh, just as a as a showman. Um, he's obviously universally recognized. Everybody knows who he is, just like, kind of like Elvis. And uh, it, it makes sense. you know, It was only a matter of time before they made a biopic about him. Now, him specifically, I didn't really follow his career. I didn't really watch or, uh, or listen to his music, but I did hear throughout my life all the controversial stuff that I'm sure a lot of you have probably heard as well. So what I'm looking for in a biopic like this now, it's obviously it's up to debate what what's true and what isn't. I'm not here to, to, uh, to sort of debate that or speculate on that. But whatever the truth is about what happened in his life, I hope that this, whatever this biopic is going to be and how they're going to tell the story about his life, I hope it's honest, right? And that's obviously the, the main priority of a biopic. You want to... You're telling the story of, of, of real events. You want to make sure they're they're as historically accurate as possible. So I hope that's no different here. And I'm sure it will be because Antoine Foucault is going to be directing this. Now, who's Antoine Foucault? Well, he directed one of my favorite films of all time, Training Day. He's directed Southpaw, The Guilty, uh, and a lot of other films like some of the Equalizer films. But for me, The Guilty, I just talked about how Netflix, you know, in my opinion, I feel like they, they, uh, they prioritize the amount of projects they have in the library over the quality of them. But in that library, the guilty for me is, 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 is a film that I think is pretty good, which is also directed obviously by Antoine Foucault. And it's got Jake Gyllenhaal, who's also in uh, South pond. It's basically about a first responder and it all takes place basically in one location. It's a really good movie. It came out in 2020. Uh, and, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal said that they literally shot that film in like 11 days. So pretty cool. Check it out. Um, but he's going to be directing this and that's really what's even compelling me to talk about this because there's a lot of news that, that I hear about every day about, you know, the movie uh, and television world. But if I'm not interested, I'm not going to talk about it, obviously, because you, you'll just be able to see the lack of interest in, in how I explain myself. But The reason why I wanted to talk about this was not so much about Michael Jackson, because like I said, I don't really even, uh, I don't consider myself a fan. I I didn't even really grow up with him, but I know who he is, obviously. For me, it's the talent behind the camera that intrigues me and why it should intrigue a lot of you, because not only is Antoine Foucault directing this, uh, the guy who produced it, or the guy who produced Bohemian Rhapsody, which is another Really, really good biopic. One of my favorites. Uh, Graham King is going to be uh, producing this film. So, let me actually read you the article from uh, the direct or the deadline. Excuse me, the dead, deadline, not the deadline. Um, Antoine Foucault is set to direct Michael, a Lionsgate drama telling the complex life story. A complex, for sure, uh, life story of the iconic singer Michael Jackson. A script is in by John Logan, and the film will be produced by Graham King, who turned the Freddie Mercury Queen. Story into the blockbuster picture-nominated Bohemian Rhapsody. GK Films will produce alongside the co-executors of Jackson's estate, John Branca and John McClain. So, yeah, so it seems like they got a script done. And uh, it seems like the film's going to be shooting pretty soon. But to my knowledge, there's no actor yet. And obviously, that's going to be a big discussion. Who's going to play Elvis? Or uh, Elvis? Who's going to play Michael Jackson? And for me... As soon as I heard this news earlier today, the name that just popped in my head—I don't—I don't even know why, because I don't—I haven't really seen this guy's movies, but for some reason, the name Anthony Ramos just came in my head. Uh, and for those of you who don't know who that is, he was in that musical film *In the Heights*, which apparently is really good. And I'm starting to check out more musical films, so at some point I'll have to watch his. And I know he's going to be in the Ironheart series, and I think he was in Bumblebee, and I'm sure he's been in some other things as well. But pretty good actor, and for me, once again, using my imagination, I could see him with that Jerry Crow, with, uh, I think he's got the physique, he looks pretty slim, he's got the sort of bone structure, Um, he's got the features that Michael Jackson had. Now, then again, it also depends because he's pretty young. So depending on how they tell his story, like they could do the Elvis route and just show his whole life over the course of two hours. Or they could um, they could just find one specific part of his life that they want to focus on. Who knows? I imagine that they'll probably tell the course of his life through multiple years. Because as I mentioned, there's a lot of controversial shit I've heard about him as I'm sure a lot of you have. Uh, And obviously, he's had a lot of successes in his career. So I I imagine they'll probably go the Elvis route and document most of his career. Uh, So yeah. But overall, another biopic. I'm a sucker for biopics. Uh, The next one here, the next big one, is going to be about Michael Jackson. And uh, are you excited for this? Are you a Michael Jackson fan? Let me know down in the comments below. And are you excited for... Uh, the fact that they got Antoine Foucault directing. I am. I think it's a really good choice. Uh, let me know down in the comments below, and let's wrap up today's episode by talking quickly about the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer. All right, so the new Ant-Man trailer dropped. It's been about a week, and uh, they're starting, Marvel's starting to ramp up their marketing. They're starting to fall back into this habit of, I think, showing too much. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the new trailer for Quantumania. But I think it showed a. I think it showed way too much. In fact, I think we saw the ending several times in the trailer. Obviously, that final fight going on with Scott, that very much looked like it was the ending of the film, or at least in the the the, the climax of the film. Um, and obviously, I want to see Kang, but I think that the whole idea of establishing this character, because we know he's going to be the main uh, antagonist of the multiverse saga. We we if we see him too much in these trailers because what what I I got a funny feeling what's gonna happen in Quantum Mania is similar to what happened I'm, I was trying to I was thinking about this earlier um I forget what Marvel movie it was well okay anyways um what I think might be happening is that I think the reason why they might be showing so much of Kang in the trailer. It's because when the film comes out, we're going to see that he's not in the movie as much as we think. And that to me is kind of disappointing, especially when you're trying to establish a big villain. One thing that intrigues us and gets us interested in this villain or in a villain in general is the kind of mystery about them. So I think if we're just going to let the cat out of the bag and show Kang and all these trailers, I think by the time we get to the film people are going to have their expectations up. And we know a lot of us Marvel fans were guilty of this. We're guilty of getting our expectations up, wondering, you know, how many cameos are we're going to see in the next film? And, and I've, I've honestly just come to the conclusion that until we get to secret wars, cause I, we shouldn't, we should have expectations for cameos and secret wars, but until we get to secret wars, I'm just going to go in expecting no cameos. And that's, that's the same thing with this. And, what I'm afraid, as I just mentioned, is that we're going to get into this film and we're only going to see Kang in like certain parts, but he's not going to be the main villain. I I I, I still have some kind of inkling that the main villain could be MODOK or somebody else, and he's just going to be the this sort of lingering villain that like we see. We'll probably see him in the beginning because I think what this trailer did well, besides my criticism, I'm showing too much, it gave us. Um, a better understanding of what the story's about. And it seems to me that, and I've been watching a lot of videos on it, that Kang wants uh, Ant-Man to use his Pym Particles to get whatever that orange crystal-like material was, surround- that, was cu- that was safeguarded by those rings, which look very similar to the 10 rings. Whatever that enclosed material was, it seems like Kang needs that, whether it's a resource for his time chair, which I think that's probably what it is, um, but he needs it to get out of the quantum realm. That 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 whatever that is has the power to get him out of the quantum realm. And Kevin Feige has said that we understand the capabilities of Kang and we understand how dangerous he is. But when we, when we meet this version of Kang, the real Kang, the Conqueror, because we saw He Who Remains, which is like the Immortus version of Kang and Loki, this this Kang has been trapped in the quantum realm and he needs this resource to basically upstart his time chair so we can flow through the multiverse and go, as Kevin Feige said, anywhere and any when. And I've been watching videos and doing my research, what a lot of people are speculating is that 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 orange thing that was that was surrounded by those floating rings that we see in the trailer, that was called the Forever Crystal, which in the comics is is a is like the resource that Kang uses. Uh I think to I, I think for his time chair, so yeah, that, so that I think is probably what's happening. And it seems like Kang made a uh, made a bid to give Scott more time back with his daughter and Cassie because obviously he lost a lot of time. I mean, Endgame happened and he was stuck in the quantum realm for five years. He missed five long years that he could have seen his daughter grow up and been with her. And obviously he's he's been in prison. So he, he hasn't really had a lot of time with Cassie. So it seems that Scott makes this deal and then inevitably it goes wrong. Um, and yeah, so it was nice to see more Kang obviously, but like, you know, the greedy side of me wants, wants more Kang, wants as much Kang as possible. But the other part of me wants to just wait and get all of that in the movie rather than see it in the trailer. And now we're getting these new TV spots and now there's like another trailer that dropped. Uh, it was like a 3d trailer called home. We saw even more Kang in that. So I hope they kind of chill out a bit, uh, and don't do like the multiverse of madness row and literally show us basically all the members of the Illuminati with the exception of John Krasinski. But I think we all knew that was going to happen anyways. So I hope they chill out. I hope they don't show too much. Now, obviously I can just simply not watch them. Uh, but I shouldn't have to do that. Right. The whole, the the reason why they're putting all this effort into the marketing is so we could see it. So I shouldn't have to just suppress myself from watching the trailers just because I don't want to get spoiled. Right. I think I don't know what happened. Like Marvel didn't used to do this. They used to do the opposite. They used to mislead us, right? I mean, look at the Infinity War trailer, right? That that iconic scene with Cap and 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 Black Panther and the Dormelage and Black Widow and, and and Hulk running towards the camera, but Hulk was never there. So they did the they obviously did that with Endgame Uh in quite a few shots. So I don't know why all of a sudden they're now just feeling the urge to you know give us the give us all the the details before the film comes out and show us the ending it's like why you know why is this suddenly something you're doing why can't you just let us speculate that if anything that that this part of youtube like people like me people like sean chandler people like john campion not that i'm including myself because i'm not on their level obviously i'm i'm a tiny tiny little podcaster compared to them but this sort of community of youtube uh people that just love to talk comic book stuff this is a form of marketing this is an, this is a this is free marketing for marvel so people are going to cover this stuff regardless but the, you know having that mystery is going to propel a lot of people to make these discussional videos trying to speculate on who this could be. So if you let the cat out of the bag before the film comes out, well, we're all going to know the answers. So yeah, but anyways, overall, I'm still, this doesn't take away my hype. I'm still very much uh, invested in this movie. I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be the perfect film to kick off phase five. But let me know what you guys think down in the comments below. Do you agree with me? Am I being a little harsh? Am I being uh, dramatic? Or do you agree? Do you think that they are showing too much in the trailers? Let me know down in the comments below. But guys, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. A little bit shorter than normal. I'm going to have another episode coming out next week. That should be a good one. I might have a few friends of mine coming on. So look forward to that. Uh, And yeah, have a great day, everyone. Stay safe. Stay happy. And I'll see you on the next one.